This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to uh, This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with the goddess of dining critique and reviews, Ann Christensen, a.k.a. Everevescence. Effervescence. That's the goddess of food writing. I guess. That you, that's what you've... That's what you've created. Yeah, so we're going to get that marble statue for you. Okay. And me, Tariq, a.k.a. The Architects. Do this every Friday. Of course, you can subscribe to our podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites. On this week's episode of This Bites, we're going to catch up with Ann because we haven't done this while. You, you, you used to do these Ask Ann columns, and it seems like you've got a new one in the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine. Mm-hmm. It's all The question is, what's up with restaurant names? So we're going to talk about that. Then we got some lot of cool things happening around town. Small Pie is coming to Crossroad Collectives. Lazy Susan going to do some cooking classes. Tea is coming back to the Fister, and a whole lot more on this week's episode of This Bites. Let's kick it off with Ask Ann. So we, you haven't done this in a while, right? You used to do this a lot. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on how much space we have yeah. in the magazine, and I run I it, it in the dining room. Yeah. Well, I, I know you do. You always bring it up. So... Anyway, we had room for an Ask Ann this month, September issue. And what did the person ask you, Ann? person asked me, what is going on with these restaurant names these days? You know, it used to be like, um, you know, more straightforward things like... Uh, Charles Steakhouse. Yeah. Tariq's Place. Yeah. Okay. You don't hear a lot of names like that anymore. No. A lot of names actually remove vowels sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, uh, but so, so like for instance, some of the trends of names we've seen are Birch and Butcher, Glass and Griddle, um, Chard. Now consider some some of the the words that you're hearing. Mm. I mean, it's like some of them relate to um, techniques, techniques in cooking or food or serving ser- devices, food serving de- devices, or what the what the place is made of, or mm. what they utilize, like. Birch, Birchwood. There's, you know, a lot of people are going for this idea of tapping into what their theme is or Mm -hmm. what they, what has inspired them, you know? So, for instance, Brandywine, which opened in Cedarburg, is named after an heirloom tomato, and the owner's mother used to grow these, so it's very sentimental to him. Fauntleroy. Fauntleroy, do you know the story of why they named it Fauntleroy? I used to, but what's what's the story? It's not Little Lord... Fauntleroy either, which oh. is a which is a movie. This is um I Dan Jacobs, one of the owners, had told me that he was listening to NPR and he learned that Donald Duck's middle name is Fauntleroy. Oh yeah, that's remember. And so he <laughs> was just he thought this was really cool. So he decided to name the rest they decided to name the restaurant Fauntleroy. So okay, so here's another one. Ka Lucenzo, new pasta place mm-hmm. in Wauwatosa. It is um Lucenzo. Luca and Enzo are the two uh, beloved dogs of the owners. <laughs> Ka, I think would you know? T- I, I think what they're going for there is like kind of like home of or house of. Yeah. Um, so Ka Lucenzo, and so I mean that's again is a very personal mm-hmm. thing. So I think people are going. They're trying to go for names that kind of sentimental or kind of or, reflects it, a theme of the yep. restaurant instead of being and, a little more literal about and their that place. is really memorable and different. Like I Dan think, Dan is. Has two meanings. Yeah. Right? So Dan Dan is named after the chefs. Yep. But it's also a dish. Dan Dan noodles. It's an official dish. So yeah. they kind of 
took advantage of the of kind of a double thing, double meaning for their restaurant name. Right. And then Esther Ev is their grandmother's, right? Uh, yeah. 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 The two, like Esther and Evelyn, I think. Yeah. You think this is a, a permanent trend? No, I don't. I think, think, think people are going to come back to like be more literal yes, about the Yes, I think it's going to go back to that. I mean, okay. everything, all the trends come back around yeah. again. Coming up, we'll continue our conversation about uh, some really new offerings at Crossroad Collective. Lazy Susan and Bayview's offering cooking classes and more. That's all coming up on This Bites. We'll be right back. Support for This Bites comes from your membership and Society Insurance, an insurance company serving up a smorgasbord of coverages to restaurants and bars. Society Insurance offers restaurants and bar owners tailored insurance options. A full menu of Society's coverages, as well as risk prevention tips, are available at societyinsurance.com. 88.9's new podcast series, Backspin. The search for Milwaukee's first hip-hop song is now available everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and at RadioMilwaukee.org slash Backspin. Stream all six episodes now. That was our conversation about uh, what's in a name, what's in a restaurant name. That was a, a column in the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine, the Ann column. But we're going to continue our conversation with a new opening at Crossroad Collectives, the the food hall on the east side, the mm-hmm. micro food hall on the mm-hmm. east side. So who, who's coming to Crossroad Collective? Uh, Small Pie, which is the sister bakery uh, to Honey Pie and uh, Palomino. Uh, and Small Pie has a location in Bayview. It's on, it's on East Oklahoma. They've been doing kind of smaller hand pies, kind of those, you know, galette mm-hmm. style things where it's sort of like a freeform pie savory and sweet uh, variations mm-hmm. in terms of their fillings. They also make a lot of other baked goods, too, and they've been doing sandwiches and things like that. So anyway, they're opening in the next few weeks, uh, and they're going to fill the space that was left by Laughing Taco, which had moved out earlier this mm. year. And uh, so that's going to be – that means that the, the, the food hall is going to be full at that point. Mm. All the spaces are going to be occupied. Um, and also – Along with that, over the summer, you may have noticed if you go to the bar, which is called mm. the pharmacy. I don't know if you. Did. I didn't know that. Yeah, the I bar didn't know is even called had a the name. pharmacy. Okay. They've been serving uh, some of the nitro cold brew from Pilcro Coffee, okay. uh, and they're going to continue to offer Pilcro coffees, more of them. So, mm. kind of the the hot espresso drinks as we get into fall. So that's going to continue. So you're gonna and your pumpkin spice there. stuff. I don't know about pumpkin spice. I know you're ready for that. Uh, oh, yeah. I was the first one in line at Starbucks <laughs> when they had pumpkin spice latte. No. 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 But did you did you hear people are saying that that supposedly the pumpkin spice cold brew is really good? I have not tasted it. That That's the trend I want dead like five years ago. Yeah. I wanted to go away. I, but I feel like it's never going to go away. It there, might not because there are people that love it. You know, like. I just, I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, so it's Paul Pie. Uh, when they're again going to be open? Uh, the next few weeks. Next few weeks, and then people can get the Pilco Coffee uh, now mm-hmm. at the Crossroad Collective. Uh, next, we're going to go to Bayview, Lazy Susan, really cool little restaurant. And um, they, use, they often do these really cool things. Like, I remember they did the uh, Bob's Burgers menu. Oh, yeah. They've yeah. done Korean fried chicken. Right. But now they're doing something really interesting. They 
getting more engaged. So, right. So, what are they doing? They're going to teach people how to make dishes from Europe, various regions of Europe, um, and and you can learn how to which regional mm-hmm. wines to pair with them. So, this is going to be in a series of monthly cooking classes, uh, starting on September 10th with Spain, uh, and. Um, so the owner, A.J. Dixon, she's going to be demoing how to make the dishes, and then they're going to have their wine expert, you know, tell you how to pair different mm-hmm. wines with those dishes. And then the participants are going to be able to taste everything. Uh, they can actually buy the wine mm-hmm. if they'd like to. Um, and then they're going to go home with recipes as well. Um, so, so you're going to see A.J., you know, actually cook these dishes. Okay. You're not going to be doing them yourself, but... Um, you're going to be able to taste them and again have recipes. So there's no, it's it's they're cooking it in front of you. Yep. So there's no kind of actual. Hands it's not on. hands on. Okay. It's not hands on. And when does it kick off? Uh, it kicks off on September 10th with Spain. On October 8th, they're doing Germany and Austria. Okay. November 5th, Italy, and December 10th, France. Cool. And that's at Lazy Susan. Next, um, a really popular thing is coming back to the Fister. What yeah, is that? I really feel like it's a, it's officially fall with this because, I mean, if you're thinking of hot tea, afternoon tea, that's not a summer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Fister has found this to be a very successful thing for them. Um, they've been doing it for quite a few years, so they're they're starting up. Um, and actually, it started today, uh, September 6th. It's going to run through May 3rd, so there's a pretty long season for this. Um, and so there, it's an afternoon tea, um, and uh, it's it's very very traditional. They do this sort of tea butler. Uh, it's an actual person who has been the, the hotel's tea butler for over three decades. Wow. I don't know if you know his name is Juan Rodriguez, and he comes and he's going to visit each table, and he brings uh, the trolley. He explains the tea and the origins of the tea. Um, and he offers little tea leaf samples so that they can smell them and appreciate the aroma. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then they do this sort of classic presentation with their um, kind of silver service. And that comes with, you know, you can order traditional sandwiches and scones, baked goods, things like that. So it's a very, you know, like I said, it's a very traditional type of service. It's only offered Friday through Sundays, and they have specific dates. You have to make a reservation. Uh, so it's, um, and it's something that I've known from previous years gets booked out in advance. And when does it kick off again? It started today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. You've done it? I've done it. I haven't done it for a few years, but I have done it, and it's really fun. I'm, I think it's really fun. Um, Did you do your tea with the pinky? No, I don't do it. You look it. like the person who do the tea with the pinky. Do I? Really? Yeah, okay. Right? Do this like the dainty kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, just so you know that they serve this tea up in blue, which is on the 23rd floor. Oh, they do it in uh, blue. They do it in blue. I always felt they did it in the, the lobby area. No, oh, no. Okay. Which is actually kind of sweet because you're up there and you've and got, you got that the view. Yeah. view. Yeah. Well, I just look in the lobby area like the furniture looks like it would be perfect for tea. Yeah. Like the oh, blue, I know. The blue furniture true. looks too modern for tea, I guess. That's just, every oh. time I go down the lobby, I see this okay. kind of European style furniture. Point. Yeah, no, no, I know yeah. what you're saying. I know what you're saying. So, cool. Next, um, deep dish. There's, there seems like a deep dish thing going on in Milwaukee. Uh, a few weeks ago when you were not here, Jordan and I talked about uh, Giordano's coming to Kenosha. 
there's a new deep dish place coming to Fox Point. And uh, what, what's that uh, all about? Yeah, which is, uh, okay, so Fox Point, um, the River Point Village Shopping Center is going to get the first Wisconsin location of Lou Malnati's, which is a tradition in Chicago, Chicago deep dish. Um, I think they've been around since like 1971. So they've been doing, you know, they've been doing deep dish for, wow, 40, 50 years, close to 50 years. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I know a lot of people from Chicago that live up here now. And maybe it's like responding to that demand of people saying, you know, yeah, maybe they, they 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 like Milwaukee thin crust enough, but they really miss that deep dish. Mm. I think there's probably a market for it here. Yeah. Uh and we we shall see when that opens and I haven't had deep dish in so long. I haven't had deep dish in ages. Yeah. And and I know certain people don't consider it pizza. No, I know. And it's um it's actually supposed to open in early December. So okay. it's gonna be a little bit um but Again, it's the first Wisconsin location in Fox Point um, of Lou Melnati's. So, tavern-style pizza, the Crocker Thin, or yeah. deep dish? What do you prefer? I f- prefer the tavern-style okay. thin crust. You like eating pizza with your hands? I do. Not fork and knife. And I like I, I like a pizza that, I mean, that has a thin, crispy crust. Yeah. And not a lot on top. That like is my tomato favorite. sauce belongs below the cheese. Yeah. Not on top of the no. cheese. No. That is the weird thing about deep dish I never got. Because yeah, it, like, it gets on your shirt. Like, I don't understand The that. logic of having sauce because then the sauce won't drip on your shirt because the cheese is covering the sauce. Right. right? Protects your... But now you deep dish, you have a more risk getting tomato sauce on your clothes. So it's not even a functional pizza because it could... I don't know. Yeah, it's just weird. To have that sauce on top. Of I don't. Cheese. I don't understand the sauce on top either. Yeah. That just doesn't. I think like I think it seems better like a lasagna. You put it like below. Right. I don't know. Maybe it helps the uh, the crust, the buttered crust, stay crispy because the sauce might sog it up. Maybe is that why they do it? Because the crust is really thick and the sauce, and the sauce will soak be. through. Maybe that's the rationale of that. I don't know. I do like the crust because the buttery. Deep dish? It's yeah, buttery. It's I like the buttery. Chewy. Yeah. Bready. So, mm-hmm. I think it's the butter I like the most about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Um, that about does it for this week's edition of This Bites. But I do want to talk about uh, a couple of events that we're doing here for 89 Labs, which is a tech thing. You're saying, why we're talking about tech on a food podcast? Well, September is Hunger Action Month. Did you know that? I didn't know. Well, no. now you know. So, 889 Labs, which is kind of this tech program we do here to uh, make tech more accessible in underserved communities. We do two events kind of focused on Hunger Action Month. The first event is actually an event called Hacking Hunger, uh, taking place September 14th and 15th at Maker Fair, Milwaukee. Uh, that's in a, about a week from now. So Hacking Hunger is a challenge or hackathon. It's a challenge asking participants to uh, think of ideas and, and products and businesses to ta- tackle the challenge of hunger. And there's four, there's three challenges, uh, three focus areas for this challenge. It includes dealing with food waste. A lot of people waste food, whether it's ugly food or what you heard of farm gleaming, which is basically far, like food drops off from where they farm. They're like, they can't sell it because it's ugly and they know people won't pick up ugly food. So... That deals with uh, kind of food waste, like how do we improve that and make it not as wasteful. Uh, food access, which is a big thing, and like the food deserts, how to get people get 
good food, not just food, but good healthy food to areas where there's no grocery stores, how they make, can technology, can uh, business make it a better uh, chance for people to get food that they need and deserve. And then food literacy, it deals with just educating people about food. You're surprised how many people like, I don't know what to do with avocados, or I don't like communities, they see these vegetables at farmer's markets, they don't know how to prepare or cook, like how do we make it easier for people to know what to do with these vegetables or fruits, that kind of thing. So that's just a little bit of kind of the focus areas for this challenge. So different people, we invited programmers, designers, business professionals, marketing professionals, college students to team up, to think of ideas, they'll pitch those ideas on that Sunday, and there'll be some prizes for them as well to huh. incentivize cool. them. And hopefully there's a great idea. We have partnered with Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin, Maker Fair, and Myad for this uh, challenge. So hopefully if there's a great idea that will try to make it a reality. It might be a business. It might be some marketing campaigns. We don't know what's going to happen, but uh, that's the first event for Hunger Action Month. The next one, uh, I think it's a woman we talked about on this bike not too long ago, African-American woman out of Atlanta named Jasmine Krell. Yeah. Uh, amazing story. So she created a startup called Gooder out of a hackathon um, that the airport in Atlanta hosted back in 2017. Gooder basically uses technology like blockchain to tackle issues of food waste and hunger. So it's a really interesting platform. So basically how it works, company or corporation that has, deals with food uh, in, in any capacity, will use an app that she's created to get that food picked up if it's not used, packaged, and then delivered to organization people who need it the most. So that platform, digital platform, handles all that kind of stuff. The they, they provide impact reports to corporations, tax reports, so they can write off taxes. Mm. So some of our clients include the busiest airport in the world, Hartsfield Airport, Turner Broadcasting. She even did a partnership with the NFL at this year's Super Bowl, where she collected 100,000 pounds of food from the Super Bowl and delivered to the organization needed. So she sees hunger as and food waste as a logistic issue. Not necessarily wow. a social issue, but a logistic issue. So she's a social entrepreneur. She makes about forty to fifty thousand dollars monthly revenue, um, recurring revenue each month with her clients. So she's operates in Atlanta, based in Atlanta. She has Los Angeles. She does some work in Chicago, just in the DC. So she's bringing her up for a talk to talk about that, also about women entrepreneurs and all these kind of interesting things. That will take place September eighteenth at our studios here in Walker's Point. So. Even though, you know, tech and food. So this is kind of kind of dedicated to looking at kind of, you know, we talk about restaurants and good food, but then, you know, hunger is oh, yeah. also an issue. Yeah. And, and we should also talk about that. Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. these events are happening in the next couple of weeks. You can check out more information at the, our website at RadioMilwaukee.org slash labs. Well, that concludes this week's edition of This Bites. This Bites produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the licensed lab with support from Society Insurance and, of course, your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org slash ThisBytes on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And as always, Anne, stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold. Ice cold, baby. Yeah. Ice cold. Have a great weekend, Anne. You too.